The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Connected Data Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about what you need to know about the value and practice of weaving multiple data sources together to better personalize your marketing. Joining us for Connected Data Week is Josh Francia, who is the Chief Growth Officer at BlueShift, which is a San Francisco-based company that helps brands deliver relevant connected experiences across every customer interaction. BlueShift's Smart Hub CDP uses patented AI technology to unify, inform, and activate the fullness of customer data across all channels and applications. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, BlueShift is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Josh and I kicked off Connected Data Week talking about the value of CDPs and connected data. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about unifying and activating your customer data. All right, here's the second installment of Connected Data Week with Josh Francia, Chief Growth Officer at BlueShift. Josh, welcome back to Connected Data Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be back. Excited to continue our conversation. For anybody who didn't hear our conversation yesterday, Josh and I talked about what the value of CDPs are. My takeaway from that conversation is it depends what type of CDP you're looking at. There are some traditional CDPs, which are more just marketing plumbing, getting all of your data to live in a consolidated place. And then there's this notion of sort of the second wave of CDPs, which we're calling smart hub CDPs, which not only unify your data, but they also give you easier access and the ability to understand who you should be targeting, what you should be presenting to them, when you should be targeting them, and with what message. So there's this better architecture to help you build personalized experiences. Josh, for today's conversation, really what I want to focus on is more of the operational pieces of using a CDP, unifying your data, and actually getting to the point where you can activate it. Talk to me about the process when you at BlueShift are onboarding a new customer. How easy or difficult is it to get all the data into one place, put it all essentially in a unified language, and actually start using it? It definitely runs the gamut because it really depends on each company's amount of data and sophistication of the data and where it lives. So every company has originating data sources in a variety of different places and companies that may have done some of that work to streamline some of that into a common data warehouse and one central place. Very easy for them to just connect and move forward. 
For others, if it's disparate data and they're not really sure how they want to incorporate it or to ingest it into a CDP, then there's some work to be done. And I think most of the work is really understanding the use case and how you're going to use the data. Again, CDPs, like other data platforms, it's only as good as the data as you put into it. So if you don't go through that exercise of saying, well, what are our use cases? What are we thinking about? What would we love to do we just can't do today? That helps to identify and helps both the onboarding team at BlueShift and the customer come to an agreement on, hey, here's the best place and here's the best way to put your data inside the platform. And then as far as the connections, the integrations, we have integrations with several different ingestion data points. So those are generally pretty turnkey. A lot of the work is mostly on how should we represent this data? What type of use cases do you need to use this data for? What I'm hearing is, and I'm going to make up a term here, there's your first party data, which is what are you capturing through your digital properties, username, click data, what have you, stuff that you're gathering probably through your websites and your apps. You mentioned that there's a series of connectors that you have. I'll call that second party data. It's my advertising on Facebook or whatever advertising channel you have, how do I ingest that data and then map it to what's happening on my website? And then there's obviously the notion of third-party data. I'm going to buy data from other sources. It's not my data. It's not related to my business, but I want to pull that in. Talk to me about some of the problems that people have. Is it more that I don't know how to get my first party data to be clean? Or is it what I call a click is different than what Facebook calls a click? It's probably more on the clean part and making sure the data is accurate before it goes in to the CDP. And I think you have to always remember CDP, the C is really important. It's customer data. It's identifiable. So yes, every CDP can track anonymous behavior, but it's anonymous based on a certain anonymous key that usually the company creates or the CDP creates themselves. And then that is really the goal of the anonymous behavior is to eventually stitch it to a known customer when they identify themselves through a login or through some other method. And that's really important to do that because in a day, CDP itself really needs to revolve around that single customer. All the data has to kind of resolve to that at some point. And that's really what I think most of the challenges are, is making sure that you have all the data accurate that links to that central point. And it can be multiple keys. It doesn't have to be an email address or a customer ID or a phone number. It can be multiple keys, but it has to link to that uniform record at some point. Okay, so you need sort of a central identifier, which doesn't actually have to be PII, and you can have multiple sources. But basically, once you create this grouping of data points that are identifiable, whether they're anonymous or actually personalized, then you could start stitching all of your data sources together. I always wonder, how do you understand when somebody clicks on an ad from what I called before a second party data source, an advertisement, how do you actually go through and understand who that person is so when they give you some sort of identifiable first party data, you can actually connect the here's my click on a Google AdWords to it's actually Ben that clicked. I mean, all that still kind of revolves around CDP's ability to track behavior. So you have customers clicking on ads everywhere and those ad clicks resolve to your website. And when that resolves to your website, the CDP code that's on your website, the JavaScript code will look at the cookie that it's already put in for you know anonymous visitor one, two, three. And that anonymous visitor keeps coming back for a few days and then finally, that anonymous visitor ends up checking out and buying something or signing up for your email subscription newsletter or doing something else that identifies themselves. 
Well, BlueShift's already tracked you as an anonymous user. We already know who you are. So we're tracking all of your activity. And then when you've signed up for that email newsletter, you created a transaction, you've now identified yourself with more personal information, an email address, a phone number, other things. And we say, oh, that was Ben. That ID before that was Ben. And so now all that historical information that you did under an anonymous person is now instantly grouped to Ben. And everything going forward is now identified to Ben. And so that's how that stitching happens. And it happens seamlessly. And it allows you to look at anonymous behavior to known behavior to actually take action on it. So you mentioned that one of the bigger problems when you're unifying your data is is having a sense of who the customer is, having that sort of central group of data points, which are identifiers. Is it a question that most businesses don't know how they want to identify their customers, what those metrics or data points are? or that they just don't know how to stitch them together? It's a little bit of both. Depending on the complexity of the businesses, sometimes they're stuck with channel-level identifiers. So a lot of companies have a email marketing platform, a mobile marketing platform, and others. And so if you think about those, mobile marketing platform uses a device ID and device token for all of their communication, and an email marketing platform uses an email address. And so a lot of them are stuck in these worlds of channel-level data, and they're not thinking well, wait a second, what if someone has a device ID and an email address, then what do we use for the key? Because I can't use both necessarily, I have to choose one, how do I do that? And so CDPs allow them to kind of take one level up and say, don't worry about your channel level data, look at your customer data. How are you thinking about how your customers are going to persist for your business? Do you want customers under one profile that have multiple email addresses, multiple phone numbers? Is that possible? Is that something useful for your business? And those are the questions I think it happens a lot in onboarding. Because we're trying to help the customers understand, hey, which identifiers really do you want to persist? And you want data to be aggregated under. And every company is a little bit different on how they do that. Unfortunately, a lot of them have just kind of defaulted to maybe email address because of so many email marketing platforms for so many years. But then they realize that's a problem, right? That may not be the best thing for their company over time. And so they're trying to think through how best to do that. And CDPs, especially during onboarding, help them with those decisions. All right. So basically, hey, everything that we do, we're tying back to the user's email address. But in our SMS platform, they don't give us an email address. So the CDP allows us to tie their phone number to an email address for an individual customer record as opposed to two different pieces of information. Now, the question, I guess, is once you go through what sounds like a relatively painful process of figuring out how you're going to identify your customers and unify all of that data into actually activating it. Great. I create my unique identifiers. All the email addresses and phone numbers and addresses are all tied to an individual customer account. I know what the customer's behaviors are across multiple channels. How do you actually start to make sense of that and and actually use it to drive business results? That's where the fun part begins, right? That's where the marketers start salivating like, oh my gosh, I have all this data. Well, the first part is you can segment. You can build segments on any type of data attribute that you have in the CDP. You're able to segment by that and you can group and nest and do all sorts of things all without any code. No code, all just UI based, very simple. And it runs in real time and very, very fast. A lot of marketers kind of graduate out of doing segmentation levels and maybe email marketing platforms that were not built for real segmentation. They're built for list creation, which is different. List creation, your filters are fairly unsubscribed, subscribed, you know, open an email or not. So very limited into what you can do. And they're not built for a lot of complicated things. 
they're not built for speed. So they can't run these lists in, in real time by any means. CDPs are custom built for that. They're custom built for speed, custom built for flexibility. So then you can start doing a lot of great things around segments. And because these segments are always updated, you can actually build event journeys based on those segments. So when someone enters a segment, I want to do this. When someone leaves a segment, I want to do this. So that's one way is that segmentation level. The second way is real-time events. So when we have real-time events flown into the CDP, you can actually trigger journeys based on those events. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about what you mean by segments and journeys. An example that I'm thinking of is I can start to target anybody who has engaged with a tweet, a text, an email in the last 60 days and looked at men's products and send a offer for a men's sale. I'm thinking of an e-commerce platform. That might be an example of a segment. Are there other sort of more advanced ways to think about segmentation? Yeah, you can look at that. You can also understand frequency and recency. So you can say, hey, that same thing, but I want to make sure they looked at this product category at least three times, and they opened at least these campaigns in email, but they didn't open these ones. And they came to my website and visited these two pages. And by the way, their lifetime value is at least this amount. So it can get very complicated or very broad, right? You can say, just tell me everyone that opened my email yesterday, or tell me everyone that came to my website and didn't open my email yesterday. I like the anybody that has an LTV over X or anybody that has an LTV this year of Y. Right. So you can do all sorts of things with segmentation. Literally, it's almost limitless, right? Any attribute you can think about, it can be from data sources of, hey, show me everyone that's came in through a paid search ad and visited three pages, are subscribed to my email and didn't convert on the transaction. That's an interesting segment, right? Or And those types of things. So I think there's you can do anything you want, really, with segmentation. It's all based on the data that you have flowing in. So you mentioned that you're thinking about customer journeys. And it seems like that's kind of what you're getting at, is I'm building a segment for people that are my highest value buyers who didn't complete their last transaction, or customers who had a high lifetime value but haven't used my product or service in 60 days. Right. These are more actionable segments, which have a more sort of clear need for marketing messaging. You talked about real-time events. What are some of the triggers that you're using to improve these buyer journeys? So these real-time events come in, and then you can create multi-step, multi-channel, really omni-channel type journeys based on them. So an example of this could be simple example, say like someone's credit card in a subscription-based company. So either, you know, you're a streaming service that you pay every month, they charge your credit card or it's some sort of e-learning company that you pay on a subscription basis or whatever it is. But you do this and all of a sudden your credit card fails and, you know, they can't charge it. Well, that's a problem, right? Because they're providing you a service and now they can't charge you for the service. So it's something that you probably should be aware of this and you may not be aware of it, right? Maybe the expiration date didn't, you know, lapse and you weren't aware. So how do you create a journey based on that real-time trigger, right? So you get this information from your back end saying, hey, this credit card expired or failed. How am I going to talk to Ben, right? And say, well, let me first send him an SMS, right? And say, hey, Ben, your credit card's expired. Please update it. But if he hasn't, if he doesn't do it within two days, I'm going to send a note to Zendesk to say, to my help center and say, hey, call Ben and say his credit card's expired and his service is going to lapse. Maybe I'll send him a few emails in there as well. When he's on the website, I might pop up a banner saying, hey, Ben, your credit card's expired. You need to adjust it. And so you can do all this type of omni-channel messaging outside of maybe just typical marketing channels, right? Help Center is not a marketing channel and other things to get Ben's attention 
to this important area. And you can imagine that applies to hundreds of different use cases on these kind of real-time events and notifications that you need to get that message to that person. And you need to figure out the right ways to do that, the right channels to message them on with the right information. So it's about consolidating your data sources to have a unified view of the customer, but then you could use that unified view to understand what their behavior is in an omni-channel experience. And then you can also replay that back to them using the channels that you know they like with triggers that are relevant in real time. And then the question becomes, well, what's the content you should be using? And that's what we're going to talk about in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Josh Francia, the Chief Growth Officer at BlueShift. If you'd like to hear more of Josh and BlueShift's tips for effectively connecting your data, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we talk about creating relevant content in real time. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Josh, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Josh Francia, J-O-S-H-F-R-A-N-C-I-A, or you could visit his company's website, which is blueshift.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.